0: You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Psalm chapter
1: 147, beginning in verse number one. The Bible says, praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God for it is pleasant, and praise is comely. The Lord doth build up Jerusalem. He gathereth together the outcasts of Israel. He healeth the broken in heart, and bindeth up their wounds. He telleth the number of the stars. He calleth them all by their names. Great is our Lord, and of great power. His understanding is infinite. The Lord lifted up the meek. He casteth the wicked down to the ground. Sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praise upon the harp unto our God, who covereth the heaven with clouds, who prepareth rain for the earth, who maketh grass to grow upon the mountains. He giveth to the beast his food, and to the young ravens which cry. He delighteth not in the strength of the horse, he taketh not pleasure in the legs of a man. The Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear Him, in those that hope, in His mercy.
0: Amen. Let's pray. Our Father, we love You. Thank You for Your Word. And may we never take for granted the privilege that we have to open up the pages of Scripture and to be able to hear from heaven what thus saith the Lord. I pray that the Bible would not become commonplace. I pray that the Bible would not become uh, old hat to us, but I pray that it would be fresh and new Uh, every time we open it. I pray that uh, we would realize, Lord, that this was written uh, many years ago, but because it is your words, it is applicable and it is powerful and it is practical for today. Lord, the situations that we're going to face this week, this book right here can help us, it can guide us, it can direct us. And I pray that we would be open and receptive to the Word of God tonight. I pray you'd speak to us and challenge us and give us what we need. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing again. You may be seated. I am uh, thankful. I always love this time of year, and I say it, I think, every year, so it probably sounds like a broken uh, record, but uh, it was the Sunday night after Thanksgiving. uh, Seven years ago, my wife and I, we were in Reno, Nevada. We were not gambling in Reno, Nevada, uh, but we were at a church. We went there every year uh, right after Thanksgiving, and I preached the pastor there. Uh, Pastor uh, Randy Ralston, he always and his family, they'd go back to Illinois and visit their family. So I'd preach for him for that day. And uh, we were getting ready to go to church. Uh, we were on uh, Pacific time. And uh, I remember uh, Brother Fields uh, called and uh, he and the pulpit committee uh, had, had been meeting and we'd been talking, but they said, we'd like for you to come and we'd like for you to visit. And so it was that Sunday night, uh, right after Thanksgiving, that we uh, scheduled it that I would, uh, my wife and I and our girls would come and we'd be here for December and uh, not knowing for sure all that was going to happen and not sure, uh, not sure exactly what God's will would be, but I'm uh, thankful for uh, God's leading in our lives and I'm thankful for our church and God has been so good to us and uh, it's always just a special time of year. Uh, of course, I just love Thanksgiving anyway and I just love Christmas. I love everything about it. And uh, I hope you do too. Don't, don't let the busyness and the craziness, don't let it rob you of the joy of this time of year and stopping to thank God for His blessings. Psalm 147, uh, Spurgeon wrote and said that it is a psalm of the city and it's also a psalm of the field. I thought that was very interesting. As you read through, you see some things that God does in Jerusalem. He builds the city and He secures the foundation and He secures the borders. But then it also talks about the fact that God feeds the animals and God uh, sends the rain and God sends the snow. And it talks about uh, kind of both worlds. Now, I'm not trying to be funny at all, but tonight I'm curious how you see yourself. If you had to be classified either city or country, and don't say, well, I'm, you know, you can't make up a category. There's two categories for this example, okay? Okay. If you had to classify yourself, you're either city or you're country. How many would say, I'm country? Let me see your hands. Whoa, we got a lot of hands there, okay. All right. Put your hands down. How many of you? And I will say, my hand is up on this one. I have to admit it. How many say, I'm city? That's, that's me. That's okay. All right. We got some city folks, okay. And, and some city folks who live in the big city of Roanoke Rapids, right? And, uh, you know, you classify yourself or whatever. But uh, how many of you are just glad you get to be where God put you? Amen for that? I'm just glad for that. I'm glad for God's leading and God's direction in my life. I grew up in, well, I was born in California, uh, but when I was a year old, my family moved to Rockford, Illinois. That's a big city compared to a lot. Uh, I think the population now is about 130,000, 140,000 people, and uh, then when I was 16, our family moved to Geneseo, Illinois, 6,000 people in the town. Joanna grew up in Washington, Iowa, 6,000 people, and so people said, are you sure you can go to a a small city like Roanoke Rapids? I said, actually, that's a big city compared to where I was uh, and where Joanna was for a while. But uh, I'm thankful for where God has put us. And you know what's amazing? This is an amazing concept. Whether you're from the city or you're from the country, God's got it under control. God can take care of you no matter where you are. You may be tucked inside the the biggest high rise in the biggest city in the world, or you may be out in the middle of nowhere, and God is still in control. God knows your name, and He knows where you're at. He knows your address. He knows how to get a hold of you. And I'm glad that He's still God in the city, and He's the God of the field. We see in this psalm also, and this will bless you, we see in this psalm that God cares about the outcast. God cares about the people that the world has forsaken and the people that the world has forgotten, the people that have been rejected of men. God cares about those people. And aren't you glad that if you've ever been in that situation or maybe you feel like you're in that situation tonight, Aren't you glad that God still cares about you? We'll get to that in a moment. I want you to see verse number one. The uh, psalm begins with this statement, praise ye the Lord. We teach our children the little chorus, hallelujah, 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 praise ye the Lord. We go back and forth, but those are synonymous. The words praise ye the Lord in the Hebrew is actually the word hallelujah. And so this psalm begins with praise ye the Lord, but notice in verse 20, it ends with praise ye the Lord. That's a great place in life to start, and that's a great place to end by praising God from start to finish. And David gives us this psalm from start to finish, praise ye the Lord. Notice this in verse number uh, seven, he says, sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praise upon the harp unto our God. I was listening this week uh, to our radio station. We'll put a plug in there for 95.9 FM. And I was listening to the radio station and it was one evening, I was going somewhere and I didn't get to listen to the whole thing. But brother Scott Pauley is on our radio station every day. And it is so good, it's so powerful. But he was talking about the difference between thanks and praise. Now, sometimes we put them together and we classify them as the same But did you know that in the dictionary, there is a difference? Thanks, I'll read you the definition. Thanks is an expression of gratitude. It's an acknowledgement made to express a sense of favor or kindness received. That's what thanks is. And by the way, we have a lot of favors and we have a lot of kindness that God has showed to us. So we ought to give him thanks for what he's done. But then the word praise It means to extol. It means to glorify on account of perfections or excellent works. You know, when we praise God, we're not just saying, thank you for meeting my needs. Thank you for helping me in this area. Thank you for doing this. We're not just thanking God for things or thanking God for blessings, but we are literally praising and glorifying Him for who He is. Now, here's the difference. I love Brother Curry, even though I like to pick on him. I love Brother Curry. If Brother Curry, if he does something nice for me, if he says, Pastor Jeremy, um, no need for you to put up Christmas lights this year. I'm coming over and I'm doing it for you. Hint, hint. No, actually, they're, they're already up. They're already up. That's why I'm using this illustration. And so Brother Curry comes up and he strings those lights and, I mean, he just goes all out. I mean, you, you would think that we were going for the contest of uh, most decorated home in Roanoke Rapids and he puts up all those lights for me and, and I'm sitting on the porch supervising, sipping on some hot coffee and I'm saying, a little more there and a little bit more here. I wouldn't do that. I hope. I hope. You're used to it. <clears throat> Whew. This illustration's going downhill fast. And... Um, we're going to find out that God loves the outcast because Brother Curry is going to be one of those after this message. And uh, he'll be out on the uh, porch tonight. But um, if Brother Curry got all done and I, I said, Thank you, Brother Curry, for what you did. I appreciate what you did. That'd be one thing. But if I got up in the service and I was just bragging on Brother Curry, not for one specific thing, but I just said, you know, um, you know, just he's a faithful man. He's a good man. He's an encourager, whether he's in the sound booth or whether he's in the master clubs or whatever he's doing. And I just go on and on about some of his attributes and his qualities, that would be praise. And can I tell you, God deserves both. He deserves our thanks and he deserves our praise and he deserves all of it because of what he has done, but also because of who he is. Notice what it says, Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God. For it is pleasant, and praise is comely. That word pleasant, it means it's lovely, it's proper, it's delightful. The word comely means that it is beautiful or it is suitable. It is just, it's a good thing, it's a wonderful thing, it's a lovely thing to give thanks and give praise to God. Notice verse number 2 the Lord doth build up Jerusalem. He gathereth together the outcasts of Israel. Now, it's one thing to notice the outcasts. It's one thing to acknowledge the outcasts, but God goes a step further. He doesn't just uh, separate the outcasts and say, okay, here you are and here you go and have a nice life and you know I love you too, just like the others. But God actually uses the outcasts. God chooses to use the weak things and the base things of this world to confound the wise. You see, we don't operate like that. When we're picking up teams for, for basketball or we're picking up teams for sports, we don't pick the weakest players because they're not gonna help us. We pick the best. Well, guess what? God doesn't need the best. God doesn't need ability God just needs availability. And God's looking for people that when he chooses to use them, he gets all the glory. Because people have to stand back and say, that wasn't so-and-so, that wasn't that pastor, that wasn't that church, that wasn't that person. That was only God because he's the one that did it. God gets all the glory. It is a good thing to give thanks. It is a good thing to praise the Lord. Notice down at verse number Uh, Seven, sing praise unto the Lord with thanksgiving. We ought to say thank you. We ought to praise Him. We ought to be a thankful people. Praise ye the Lord. Someone said this that said we ought to carry around a praise list just like we carry around a prayer list. It's pretty good, isn't it? That's what you had this week, that orange piece of paper. That was a praise list. And I hope it's not just one time a year that we stop and praise God, but I hope it's every day and every week and every month and every year that we take time to praise Him for what He's done. Notice verse number 2. He doth build up Jerusalem. God is in the building business. God is the master builder. He is building things here on earth, but He is also building things in heaven. Jesus right now is preparing or building mansions for us. Jesus right now in heaven is building a mansion, but on earth Jesus is building his church. You say, well, Pastor, he's already done here, right? Because we got the walls up and we got the beams up and oh no, no, no. I'm not talking about a building, although he can do that too. But I'm talking about the church. The church is the people. And God is in the building business of building lives and building homes and building marriages and building up young people to serve God. And God is in the business of building both here and in heaven. Notice verse number two He uh, buildeth up Jerusalem and gathereth together the outcasts. Verse three He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. Not only is God a builder, but God is also a healer. Now, when God heals the broken, heart, broken in heart, God's not making false promises. God's not selling you a prescription that's not really going to work, but God has the ability to heal. You know how your children, they fall down and, and they all, oh, it's just so awful. Oh, my knee. Oh, oh, help me, my knee. And you go and say, Where? Oh, right there. Oh, and, you, and you, you get out the magnifying glass and you see that tiny, tiny little scrape, which by the way is not big to you, but it's big to the child. And what do you do? You kiss it and you stick a Band-Aid on it. And that actually works. In the child's mind, that works. You're thinking that probably shouldn't work, but it does work. But can I tell you, God's Band-Aids always work. God's kisses. Always work. God is a God who brings healing, and it's not just uh, moral support. It's not just in your mind. It's not just imaginary, but God heals broken hearts. God heals broken dreams. God heals broken lives, and God heals, and God fixes things, and God can build up broken walls and build up broken foundations, but God specializes in broken people. He's the great physician, and He cares. God knows. He's never misdiagnosed a patient. Isn't that encouraging? I read this statistic, and I probably shouldn't read this, especially if you have a doctor's appointment this week. But according to Johns Hopkins study just a year or two ago, they say approximately 250,000 people every year die from medical error. And if you are in the medical profession, profession in this auditorium, I'm sure you're not in on that because you don't make mistakes, right? I'm a little quiet, but here's the thing you know what doctors and nurses are? They're wonderful, they're great, but they're human, right? Pastors make mistakes, uh, contractors make mistakes. I'm wondering, uh, we've got some lawyers, they probably don't make any mistakes, but we all make mistakes, right? But God sure doesn't. He's the great physician. And He not only knows, but He cares, and He can do something about it. He binds up their wounds. That word wounds literally means sorrows. We're not talking now about physical wounds, although He can do that. But God heals spiritual and emotional, and God heals the brokenhearted. He has healing power. How about this? God is always on call. He's never too busy. Have you ever called a doctor? The doctor says, you got to have this done. And you say, good, let's do it. And they say, how about February 4th? (laughs) You're thinking February 4th, that's a long ways away. And they'll say, I'm booked. That's the soonest I can do it. Can I tell you, God does not have a line that you have to stand in. God doesn't have a waiting room. Now, you say, well, I have to wait on God. Yeah, if you have to wait on God, it's because that's part of the prescription. It's because God knows that's what you need to wait. But it's not because God cannot get to you. He is able to be the great physician and he's able to heal the brokenhearted. Notice verse number four. We see not only is he the builder, not only is he the healer, but we see he is the creator. In verse four, this will blow your mind. He telleth the number of the stars. Now, think about this. There are approximately 200 billion stars in our galaxy. They're just the Milky Way galaxy, 200 billion stars. If you counted the stars, so it says that God knows the number. He knows the total number of the stars, okay? Okay. You say, what is it? I don't know, but God knows. But if you counted the stars and if it took you one second to count each star just in our galaxy, it would take you over 3,000 years just to count them if you counted them one per second. You say, well, okay, so we could figure out the number, right? If we got a lot of people together. No, that's just our galaxy. Did you know... 200 billion stars in our galaxy. Did you know there are billions and billions of galaxies? And God not only knows the number, he's not only counted them, he knows every star by name. And he doesn't need to look it up in a directory. He doesn't need to look it up in a book to say, now what was that star again? He knows every star by name. Let's take, for instance, we'll take a smaller number. Let's take Victory Baptist Church, okay? We've got a lot of folks that come to Victory Baptist Church, come to our drive-in, come to our in-person services, that watch online, that listen on the radio. We've got shut-ins. We've got a lot of people. Did you know when my wife and I came to Victory Baptist Church, it was a little overwhelming to try to get to know everybody's name? Praise God for a pictorial directory. Amen. That directory and Miss Odell helped me immensely to try to figure out who was who and to try to get the names. Now, we're talking about hundreds, but God knows billions and billions and billions and not just the number. It's one thing to say, we had X amount of people in church today. Okay, now give us all the names of the people. Ooh, that's a little tough. But God knows not only the number, billions and billions, but God knows every star by name. Jeremiah 33, Jeremiah said that nobody could count the number of the stars. At the time that Jeremiah wrote that, those who studied the stars and the wisest men of the day, they had estimated there were approximately 3,000 stars. And so it seemed like Jeremiah didn't know what he was talking about. It seemed like the Bible was wrong. Well, guess what? Then somebody came along and came up with a telescope. And then somebody got a stronger telescope. And now here we are in 2020, and we're talking about 200 billion stars in our galaxy. Can I tell you, Jeremiah had it right? He said that nobody could count the number of the stars, but God knows the number. And God only not, not only knows the number, but he knows their names. Do you think if God knows the names of the stars, you think he can take care of you? You think he knows your name? You think he knows where you live? David said it like this in Psalm 8 When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, you have set in place. He said, What is man that thou art mindful of him? and the son of man that thou visitest him. David said, I can't believe God with everything you've done that you would care about us, but I'm glad he does. God knows, God cares, God loves you. He's the creator. Notice verse number five, great is our Lord. That's a good way to put it. Our God is so great. He's so amazing. He is so incredible. He is great and he's of great power and his understanding is infinite. Can I tell you, our understanding is not infinite. Our minds are finite, but God's understanding is infinite. There is no limit. Verse number six, the Lord lifteth up the meek. He casteth the wicked down to the ground. We see that God, not only is he powerful, not only is he understanding, not only is he caring, but God is in control. God sets up the meek. Now that goes against our, our reasoning and that goes against human philosophy. But God says, those that are meek and those that are humble, God says, I'm going to lift those people up. And God says, those people that are lifted up, I'm going to bring them down. I'll give you a couple examples, Moses. The Bible says in Numbers 12 that the man Moses was very meek above all the men upon the face of the earth. What'd God do with Moses? He lifted him up. He became the man that led the children of Israel out of Egypt and to the brink of the promised land. God used a meek person to lead the way. How about a man who was lifted up in pride? Nebuchadnezzar, that's an example. God brought him down. How about Lucifer? Remember Lucifer in heaven that he was lifted up and he said, I will be like the Most High. And what did God do to Lucifer? He kicked him out of heaven. Can I tell you, God resisteth the proud, but he giveth grace to the humble. Then we get to verse seven, sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving. Now, that doesn't mean that while the choir's up here singing, that they got a, a turkey leg in one hand and uh, plate of pumpkin pie in the other. Although that's not a bad idea. We might recruit some more choir members, you know, if we could have that thanksgiving. But what does it mean to sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving? It means that when we sing, We sing with an attitude of gratitude. We sing with a spirit of thankfulness. That's why every song we sing, we ought to be thinking, that's what God did for me. God saved me. God loved me. Jesus died for me. I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful. Uh, A sinner saved by grace. That's what I am. And we ought to sing with thanksgiving. Be thankful for all that He has done. God gives the blessings we should give thanks for those blessings. Not just singing, but verse 7 says, sing praise upon the harp unto our God. Now, we don't have a harp up here, uh, but we've got a piano, we've got an organ, we've got some guitars, we've got some other instruments that we have had uh, throughout the years. And can I tell you, God is, is honored and God is pleased, not just with singing, but with music. I'm so thankful for our radio station. I love coming to church, and I love listening to music at church, but now you can drive down the road, and you can listen to music that praises and glorifies the Lord. That is what God is looking for, singing and thanksgiving with music. Verse number 8, "...who covereth the heaven with clouds." Who prepareth rain for the earth? He maketh grass to grow upon the mountains. Verse eight, God created the clouds. And I was talking to my girls the other night. We were doing a devotional book and it was talking about the three different kinds of clouds. There's the, help me out. There's the stratus. There's the cumulus. And there's the cirrus or cirrus. Three kinds of clouds. You got an A plus in science class. Congratulations. Do you know God made those clouds? you know God made the rain to form from those clouds because He knew that the grass would need to grow. He knew that the animals would need to eat and God created that. Verse number 9, He giveth uh, to the beast His food and to the young ravens which cry. Isn't that amazing? Those birds that literally cry out for food. God feeds the birds and God feeds the animals. Verse number 10, He delighteth not... In the strength of the horse. There's, there's the verse right there. I've been looking for my whole life. God doesn't like horses. And if you like riding horses, you're probably not a good Christian. It says it right there. No, it doesn't say that. That's an inside joke. My wife got me on a horse when we were dating and that did not turn out well. It turned out well for my wife and I. We still got married, but me and the horse didn't get, get along very well. But that's not saying that God doesn't care about the horse. But here's what it's saying. It says, God delighteth not in the strength of the horse and he taketh not pleasure in the legs of a man. You say, what's that mean? Well, those were what were necessary for battle. You needed to have horses and you needed to have foot soldiers that would march into battle. And the stronger your army, the better chance you had a victory. But God says, I don't need that stuff. I don't need the strength of the horse. I don't need the strength of man because God is able to give us the victory without our help, without our input. God is able to do it without having our strength. God uses our weakness for His strength to be made perfect. Verse number 11, here's what God is pleased with. He taketh pleasure in them that fear Him In those that hope, in His mercy, God is looking not for strong people, but God's looking for people that say, I am going to fear and respect and reverence and worship God. I am going to hope and trust and have confidence in God's mercy. My trust is not in man, but my trust is in God. Verse 12, praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise thy God, O Zion. God is the God of Jerusalem and Jerusalem was the holy city and the holy city should praise Him. Zion was the holy hill and God should be praised by His people. God should be praised from that place. Can I tell you of all the places in Roanoke Rapids that ought to be praising God, this ought to be one right here. There ought to be a whole lot of praise coming from Victory Baptist Church because this is God's house and we are God's people and God's people ought to praise Him. Verse 13, it says, For he hath strengthened the bars of thy gates. He hath blessed thy children within thee. Praise God for his protection over a city. Praise God for his protection over his people. He strengthens the bars of the city, and God blesses the children inside of that city. Aren't you thankful for a church house and aren't you thankful for our homes where God blesses and God protects and God not only blesses us, but God pours out His blessing upon our children. Amen. Boy, I tell you, that'll, that'll bless your heart to think that God cares not just about us. But God cares about the smallest children in these nurseries. God cares about every child that walked out these doors to the pastor's pals. God cares about every child that comes in on the buses. God cares about the children. Hallelujah for that. Verse 14, he maketh peace in thy borders. Not only does God protect the city and the walls, but God can protect the borders. And he filleth thee with the finest of the wheat. In that amazing? God gives his people peace. He gives his people plenty. And God gives His people the very best. He gives His people the finest of the wheat, the best of the best. I'll tell you, God's been good to me. And God has been good to our church. And when you, when you look back over the years and all that God has done, I will tell you, God has been far better to us than we deserve I imagine if you were to talk to people like the Askew's who have been a part of this church since day one, and if you would talk to some folks like uh, the Daughtry's, and if you would talk to some people who have been here for all these years, uh, maybe you saw it, and maybe this is no surprise, but I tell you, every time I come into church, I'm still amazed at what God has done. And it's all because of God's blessing. He has done more than I could have ever dreamed or I could have ever imagined. God has been good. Verse 15, He sendeth forth His commandment upon the earth. His word runneth very swiftly. You know what's amazing is, of course, we live in a day with with, uh, cell phones and computers and instant messenger, and you you can get word out pretty fast nowadays. But you know, God speaks. And when God speaks, His message gets out. When God speaks, His Word goes out very swiftly. I wonder, though, if that could be said of us. I wonder if it could be said of us that we are very swift in delivering the message that God has given for us. You say, what's the message? It's the gospel, that Jesus died on a cross, that He was buried, but that He rose again to save sinners from hell. And we have been given that message and we are the messengers. And sometimes we're not very swift to deliver the message. Sometimes we, we slow it up and sometimes we put it on pause, but we have a message to be delivered. Verse 16, he has power over the elements. He giveth snow like wool. He scattereth the hoar frost. That's the, uh, the, the, the white frost like ashes. And you see some of those mornings that frost on the ground and you see some days that snow that falls from the sky verse 17 he casteth forth his ice like morsels like morsels of food God sends the hail or God sends the sleet and that you could almost picture as if someone were just pouring out food on the ground and God delivers those elements like that it says in verse 17 who can stand before his cold. Now, I'm thankful that we live in North Carolina. I'm thankful that it is not as cold in North Carolina as it is in other places. But did you know that when we're talking about cold, we're not talking about 20 degrees. How many of you think 20 degrees is cold? I actually do think it's cold now. I didn't used to. That used to be a nice nice day in the winter in Illinois, 20 degrees. Did you know that in Antarctica, there was a, uh, there's a Soviet station there that recorded the coldest temperature in the world. That temperature in 1983 got down to minus 128 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, let me just put it this way. You don't want to be there. 128 degrees below zero. Anything below zero is cold, but when you're 128 degrees below zero, you're cold. So then I got curious. I thought, I wonder how cold it got in Illinois. I wonder what the coldest ever was in Illinois. And did you know that Illinois, in North Carolina, the coldest temperatures on record are only two degrees different? I was shocked. Alaska has a record of negative 80 Montana has a record of negative 70. For my wife, Iowa has a record of negative 47, which was in 1996. Illinois has a record of negative 36 in 1999. And North Carolina in 1985. Negative 34 degrees recorded in North Carolina. Right here in Roanoke Rapids. No, no, it wasn't here in Roanoke Rapids. It was in the mountains over by Asheville. But negative 34 degrees. Now, friend, that's cold. And the question is asked who can stand before his cold? The answer is not me and not you. God's in control of the elements. But notice what it says in verse 18. So God can send the snow and God can send the ice and God can send the frost. But in verse 18, he sendeth out his word and he melteth them. He causeth his wind to blow and the waters flow. God changes the winter into spring and the snow that melts and the uh, the, the ice that melts and the rivers that flow. And guess who's in control of all that? God is. We can't change the weather. As a matter of fact, we really can't predict it very well sometimes. Sometimes but God is in control. Verse number 19. He showeth His word unto Jacob, His statutes and His judgments unto Israel. He hath not dealt so with any nation. As for His judgments, they have not known them. Praise ye the Lord. Here's the closing thought I'll give you. As mighty as God is, as powerful as God is, as wise as God is, He has given us his word. You know, sometimes the smarter somebody is, the more they kind of keep things secret. And the more they kind of treat you like, well, you don't really know stuff. Have you ever had somebody at work that actually didn't want to show you how it was supposed to be done because they didn't want you to take their job? You know, God is not holding back information from us, but he has showed us his word. He has given us his truth. And then it says this, He hath not dealt so with any nation. God blessed His people, His chosen people Israel, like no other nation had ever been blessed. But with great blessing comes great responsibility. Too much is given, much is also required. Did you know God has blessed us like no other people? God has blessed our country God has blessed the United States of America. God has blessed the Christians in this country uh, like I don't know anybody else has ever been blessed. But with great blessing comes responsibility. So God has given us His Word. Now it's up to us to do something with it. It's up to us to read it. It's up to us to study it. It's up to us to then take His Word and share it with those who do not know. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.